we ask you Lord that above anything else in this service that your will be done in the name of Jesus be praised and honored and glorified and we give you honor for your blood for your stripes for your healing for your deliverance for your salvation all that you paid for Lord we give you honor we ask it all in Jesus name Amen Hallelujah Y'all can go ahead and be seated Sister Pat I want to pray for you I know you're dealing with a lot and You're going through a lot There's a lot of pressure on you Lord just put it on my heart to pray for you When I walked out the door a while ago In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth God you bring peace You bring strength in Jesus oh in Jesus name God you touch her body right now you uphold her God she needs strength physically she needs strength spiritually God you calm these troubles and these fears in her heart and you let the name of Jesus bring peace into her spirit we ask it all oh hallelujah Thank you, Lord. I want to give you a handkerchief. I want you to take it and put it in your home. Matter of fact, you put it under the bed where your husband sleeps, and we're going to believe for a complete miracle. Amen? We're going to believe for it. He said, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. That's the word. So let's believe right now. Master, you said if any two shall agree is touching anything, you said, I will do it. Lord, we know that healing is your will. God and her husband needs a miracle that only you can give. We put our faith in our hearts and our prayer together, and we stand on your word that you're going to bring a complete, complete healing and restoration in Jesus name Amen Hallelujah Believe it You know somewhere this prayer God's put us in is going to break through You know I think it was the first of February that the Lord told us start going to prayer every night at 8 o'clock, no matter where we were. We wasn't in service, just start going to prayer. And I don't think we've missed but one night. And I don't remember something come up, but we've been praying and we've been reaching. I want to see souls saved. I want to see souls saved. I ain't talking about just a revival in the church to stir people in the church. I want to see people out there that don't know Jesus. I want to see souls saved. And I'm, I'm going to keep praying and pressing the Lord till the Lord does something. And I hope that all of you have set your hearts to join in with me every night. Because I've been, I've been pulling on people in five or six different churches. And I've had, I've had people tell me they'll go to prayer. But you know going to prayer every night... Some people just forget. They just won't get into it. They just won't do it. But somewhere God's going to answer our prayers. Somewhere God's going to hear our voice. 
because there's people out there in bad shape and there's people who need to know Jesus. They need to know Him. And I truly believe this is the year God's going God's to reach Gentiles. God's going to reach Gentiles. You know, I, I was talking to a... Uh, we went down last Sunday night after we left here. We went down to where my son and daughter-in-law go to church. And because she was going to sing a solo that night. And of course, we got a grandbaby too we wanted to see. So... We drove on down there, and we spent the night with them Sunday night. But uh, they, get, they they go to a church probably runs four five hundred, maybe six hundred. I don't know. But anyway, we went down there, and after service, I went up and started talking to the pastor. Uh, you know, I've talked to him a couple of times, and he came to the hospital when my daughter-in-law was giving birth, and he seemed like a really good man. And I was talking to him. And what they had that night was their organizational meeting, what everything they're going to try to do in 2018. So I told him, I said, we just got through with our meeting about 2018. I said, God put it in my spirit that he going to open the door to the Gentiles. And I just started talking to him. I said, you know there's nearly 60 million immigrants in the United States? And I said, most of them are idol worshipers. Most of them don't even know the name of Jesus. Most of them are in closed societies and, and religions of idolatry and bondage and darkness. And I said, many of them have never heard the name of Jesus. And I said, it wasn't about uh, two months ago. My wife went into a business and started talking to a lady. And that lady started crying. And my wife had, you know, been doing business there for three or four years. She started talking to the lady and the lady started crying and my wife said uh, what's wrong and she started telling her what's wrong she said well I'm going to pray with you and she said I'm going to believe Jesus is going to give you peace she said when she said that that lady just looked at her she said what's the matter she said I don't know your Jesus she said I'm Buddhist been in this country 16 years and nobody's ever approached her with the gospel of Jesus Christ and there's millions of them just like that. Millions of them. Millions of people right here in our country. And I was talking to a pastor last night. I went to India with her in 2006. And this was when we were still pastoring down in Alabama. And she said, and we was all gathered in a big conference room, about ten of us. Uh, early in the morning was praying, having our Bible study before we went out in the streets of India. And she said, Brother Matter, do you remember when the Lord spoke to you and told you that Fort Payne, Alabama was going to be an international church? I said, yeah, I remember it. And I said, I've been meaning to call you and tell you, the Lord told me that when we reach these heathen here in this country, because what she told me in 2006 was, she said, I see people from all nations coming to the Fort Payne Church to learn to pray and to learn the Word and, and to learn to serve God. And said so they're going back and taking it to, to their own nation. I said, this vision of the heathen, I said, we ain't going to have to go overseas and get them. I said, they're right here. This vision of the heathen fixing to come to pass. And I said, God's going to bring them right in the church from every nation. My God, and she started shouting. I mean, she absolutely started shouting. 
I said, yeah, God told our pastor in Fort Payne because he'd been working with a, a, a group of Chinese people for uh, two, two and a half years now, going on three years. He'd been working with Chinese people down there. Couldn't get them to come to church. Couldn't get them to budge. Yeah, go down there and talk to them about Jesus. He friended them. They run a restaurant down there. He'd go down there and eat and talk to them. And they, they like him, but he couldn't get them to come to church. Two weeks ago Wednesday night, a group of them just walked in the church. Just walked in and said they're going to start coming to church. I, hallelujah. That's got to be God. I, I said that's got to be God. And his wife is having a, a Bible study in a Hispanic lady's house. I, opening the door there. There's a door going to open in LJ to the heathen. Why? We're going to pray it through. We're going to knock it down. I, we're going to have the working of the Spirit of God. I, and souls are going to get saved because it's time have a revival you preach church folks go out and put up a tent you preach church folks go out in the street and witness most of the time all you talk to is church folks go out and rent a building have a revival out in the community what you get church folks man I want some heathen I want somebody that don't know the name of Jesus I want somebody that don't know because I'm going to tell you something you can talk to them Everybody you talk to now and you try to tell them something, well, I already know that. Now, I don't believe that. I don't like that. I don't want that. Don't tell me that. I know better than that. So just give me some unbelievers. Just give me some unbelievers. Let me preach the pure gospel of Jesus to them. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe God's going to give us a good service today. I appreciate the Lord, and I'm going to start off in the book of Jude. It's only got one chapter. If I get all sighted, y'all just bear with me, because the Lord stirred my spirit up Friday morning about daylight. And if I look a little droopy-eyed, I didn't sleep about four hours last night. Lord woke me up two thirty this morning. I I still ain't been back to sleep. I got up and started studying and praying, and God got dealing with me about the word. And I went back and tried to lay down. I laid down about thirty minutes. I said, "Forget this." That's one of them. You beat this pillow up and wrap that blanket up and throw that pillow on the floor and pick up another one. And if I got to do all that, I'm just gonna get up and study or pray. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. So I'm going to go to the book of Jude. And I'm going to read the... going to go to the first chapter. Because there's only one. <laughs> We're going to go to the third verse. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Now I'm going back to the book of Galatians. Going to the first chapter there too. When you get turned there with me, say amen. And I am going to start at the sixth verse. And I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, 
which is not another, but there be some that trouble you, and they would pervert the gospel of Christ. And that word pervert there means corrupt. But though we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, than that ye have received, let him be accursed. And the Lord put this in my spirit and he started dealing with me. When God poured the Holy Ghost out on the day of Pentecost, he gave one doctrine. He gave one doctrine. He gave one faith. And I got to searching and there are over 33,000 different Christian and religious organizations. 33,000 worldwide. There are 35 big ones in the United States. And if you got 35 denominations and religious organizations, that means you've got 35 divisions from what started out in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. Because the word denomination means division. It means divider. Amen? And Paul started saying right here, he said, if any man preach any other gospel, well, if you're preaching a part of the gospel or a division of the gospel, then in my understanding, you're preaching a different gospel. You're preaching a different gospel. I don't want anything but the pure Word of God. I don't want anything other than what God delivered to the church on the day of Pentecost. And He set the church in order. That's the doctrine I want. That's the Word of God I want because that's the true, that's the pure, that's the undefiled, positively right Word of God. And Paul cried out against it. The Lord put it in my spirit to start crying out against all these divisions because everybody's divided. Nobody can get along. I mean, people are supposed to be Christians. And a lot of them, all they do is fight other Christians. I'm ready to see God move. But He said in His Word, He said, You shall know the truth. And the truth will do what? Go make you free. You ain't going to make people free preaching a deluded or perverted gospel. You got to preach the the truth. You got to preach the word of God. Amen. And I'm going to 1 Corinthians the first chapter. You know there's one thing I found out a long time ago. The Lord don't require me to make people believe what I preach. He just requires me to preach it. He'll make me believe. It's not up to me to make you believe. It's up to me to preach the Word. Amen? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. Did y'all know every epistle 
just about in the, in the New Testament, well, every epistle Paul wrote, he wrote to Gentiles. He did. Now, I don't know about Peter and James and John, but I know every epistle Paul wrote was written to Gentiles. And he wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. First Corinthians, first chapter, tenth verse. Now I beseech ye, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. Does that sound like we're divided? <laughs> did he, what did he say right here? Speak the same thing? And that there be no divisions, no dividers, no denominators among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now how are you going to be joined together perfectly in the same mind, the same spirit, the same judgment, speak the same thing when you can't get people to agree on what they believe in? You say, well, Brother Matter, everybody don't see things eye to eye. There may be uh, things that you don't see eye to eye, but the doctrine of Christ should be the same and should not be divided. Should not be divided. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, He told the people, He said, my doctrine's not mine, it's Him that sent me. My doctrine, this ain't my doctrine. It's Him that sent me. He didn't come to do His will. He come to do the Father's will. And He preached the word that the Father gave Him. Y'all stay with me now. For it had been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions or arguments, quarrels among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I'm a Paul. I'm Apollos. I'm Cephas. And I'm Christ. You ever had anybody come up to you and ask you what denomination you were? I have. I tell them, I'm not a denomination. Well, what faith are you? I said, what do you mean, what faith am I? The Bible said there's only one faith. It's just the way I am. Let's paraphrase that right there a little bit. He said, y'all running around saying, I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm Episcopalian, I'm Lutheran. Is that not what he said? He said, I'm following this teacher, I'm following that teacher, I'm following this preacher, I'm following that preacher. What's wrong with striving to be a Christian? What's wrong with striving to follow the doctrine and the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Lord told me years ago, He said, people that are Muslims, they follow the teachings of Mohammed. People that are Buddhist, He said, they follow the teachings of Buddha. People that believe in Confucianism, they follow the teachings of Confucius. He said, but people that claim to be Christians do not 
follow the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ because everybody's divided in all these doctrines. Christ ain't divided. Paul said it right here. He said, Now I say unto every you, the one of you that saith, I'm a Paul, or I'm of Apollos, or I'm of Cephas, or I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? If I've got the Spirit of Christ, and I'm speaking, and I'm teaching, and you say you've got the Spirit of Christ, and you're preaching something different, Christ ain't divided. The Holy Ghost don't speak something to you and something different to me. God bears witness to His Word, the Spirit of God, and the Word of God when it's preached by the unction of the Holy Ghost. It's going to have people in the same mind, the same judgment, speaking the same thing. Can't be divided. So where does all the divisions come from? Man, carnal thinking, man, man, People think they got a revelation of something. This is how churches get divided. Carnality gets in. People start speaking from the carnal mind and from knowledge and understanding that the Spirit of God ain't nowhere around. The Word and the Spirit agree. The Word and the Spirit agree. Amen? You say, well, Brother Matter, it's just how you perceive things. There was one doctrine. Y'all go with me to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Hang on, I'll get there. I got a marker or two in my Bible here. When I preached that word of reconciliation last week, I preached the word a lot of people have been going to church all their life ain't never heard. I've, I've been serving God 46 years, Sister Pat. I never heard anybody preach on reconciliation. I never heard anybody preach on it. I studied it out, spent several hours in prayer and study comes back that Jesus came to do more than just save man's soul. He came to do more. He came to reconcile man back to the place God created him. He didn't come just save his soul. If all Jesus came to do was save man's soul, he could just died, shed his blood, and went on back to heaven. Man had been saved. But he didn't. He healed him, he delivered him, and he made the way for man to be reconciled back to God. It's more than just Jesus dying on the cross. And I told y'all last week, and some of you looked at me kind of funny, the cross didn't have nothing to do with your salvation. Jesus died on the cross to redeem you from the curse of the law. He, he, he could have been stoned. Stoning was, uh, stoning was the Jewish way to kill blasphemers. They considered Jesus a blasphemer. They tried several times to stone him, called him a blasphemer. He could have died by being stoned and shed his blood and you'd be just as saved but you wouldn't be redeemed from the curse of the law the Bible said cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree Jesus hung on that tree to redeem you from the curse of the law to redeem you from every one of them curses listed in Deuteronomy 28 and I think it may carry over into 29 people ain't taught this 
They ain't taught he bore the stripes for their healing. They ain't taught. Why why did he do miracles? If he just come to save us, why did he do miracles? He done miracles to show you it's more than salvation. It's more than salvation. He came to heal the whole man. Soul, mind, and body, and bring him back to that place that God created man in. You can believe what you want, think what you want, but if I live long enough, I'm going back to that place God created man. I'm going back to that place. Jesus consecrated a new and a living way. He made the way into the holiest of holies. It's where the fullness of God dwelt. He presented it to us. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Did He not? Did He not say that I'm the door? No man cometh the Father except what? He come through me. He wasn't talking about salvation. He's talking about man being restored back to God. He wasn't talking about just getting your sins forgiven. He made a new and a living way that man could be returned back to the place the devil cheated him out of. And that's the ministry. Read about it in, in, in 2 Corinthians 5. Read about it when he talks about that the ministry of reconciliation is given to Jesus. He said, God was in Christ, reconciled man unto himself. And all you ever hear about is salvation. All you ever hear about is salvation. People getting saved. No, there's more to it than getting saved. There's more to it than getting saved. Now, if you want something more than salvation, I thank God for my salvation. But I don't want to stop at salvation. I want to possess what God's got for me. I think I said I was going to Ephesians 4. Let's look at... We'll just start the first verse. I guess when you don't know where to start, you just start the first verse. Ephesians 4th chapter. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech thee that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are, ye, are, ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Now does that sound like there's 35 or 40 different teachings? No, sir, he said one Lord. One faith, one baptism. One God. Amen. One body, one spirit. And what's going to bring deliverance to people's lives is the doctrine of Christ, nothing else. That's the reason, that's the reason people ain't, we ain't seeing the revivals. I mean, you go back through history and you read about revivals. The last real great deliverance move of God was around the turn of the century. I know we had the healing revivals, but that centered mostly on healing. A lot of people, they didn't get saved in the meetings, but they got healed. But the last real move of God, outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and move of God like fell at Azusa Street, like over in uh, Wales with Evan Roberts, down on Azusa Street with Willie Seymour, 
And then there was other ministers and that Maria Woodworth editor that God used her so great. My wife was telling me she read an article back in the early 1900s. That woman was preaching to 25,000 people and preaching nothing but salvation. Then God spoke to her about divine healing. She started praying for people to God to heal them. Had some of the greatest notable miracles that you'd ever want to read about. And she's just a woman that prayed, believed God. Where is it today? Where's the move of God today? You know what's happened? We've cut a slice of the pie and put it over here. We've cut a slice of the pie and put it over here. We've cut a slice of the pie and put it over there. We've got a slice of the pie and put it over here. And the devil's got everything and everybody divided. And everybody's preaching part truth. Everybody's preaching part truth. But part truth don't get the job done. It don't get the job done. I've told people many times, it don't make any difference. You can go out here and buy you a car. If you want a car to go fast, you can get a car that's got six, 700 horsepower. But you take one little gear out of it, it ain't going nowhere. It takes the whole thing. you got to have the whole thing pulling together. I am ready to fight for the truth. I'm ready to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. The faith. That was once delivered to the saints. Jude said, fight for it. He said, contend. That means to fight. That means to war. That means to wrestle. When they come out of that upper room on the day of Pentecost and started preaching, they didn't preach a half a dozen different faiths. They didn't preach 20 or 30 different faiths. When you separate from the true faith of God and you go off and preach what you feel like the truth is and it don't line up with the Word of God, well, Brother Metter, everybody's got your opinion. Go ahead and keep your opinion, but your opinion doesn't matter when it comes to the Word of God because the Word of God said, let every man be a liar, but let God be true. Is that what it says? I don't care what your opinion is. It's not what your opinion is. Opinions come from the carnal mind. Opinions come from the carnal mind and the carnal natural mind cannot receive the things that be of God. Did that one go over y'all's heads? Let's back up to 1 Corinthians then. Let's go all the way back to the second chapter. the 11th verse for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And that's what I was talking about. When God speaks, He going to speak the same thing. He ain't going to tell me one thing and preach you ten miles up the road something else. Spirit of God is one. It's going to speak the same thing. I'm going to give you one more example and I want you to go to me to first John, I'm sorry, the second epistle of John.
You can't divide something and expect it to retain its strength. The Word of God has been so divided. I mean, it, it said there's just 35 big denominations in the United States. I imagine there's several hundred. Because I, when I was born, my daddy was preaching. He was a man of prayer and fasting, had great miracles. I was raised up in church. And I've been in many independent churches and somebody get upset about something like what's going on. They take part of the people and pull them off and start another church. The time you divide something like that up three or four times, then you lose your power. You lose your dedication. You lose your consecration. People get envy and strife and jealousy and division. Can't have it. Not if you want to see God move. That's the reason we've got to stick to what I'm fixing to show you right here. The second epistle of John. Y'all with me? Ninth verse. Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Now, I'm going to read that again. Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine, y'all see an S on that word? That means it's singular. Abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. Is that what it says? He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God speed. Y'all ever had any of these groups knock on your door and show up, won't talk to you? You know what I do? I show them the road. They ain't coming in my house. Because I know what God's put in here. I know what I believe. Now, I'm open to the Word of God. But I'm not open to the doctrine of man. You can take that Word and you can show me something I'm preaching that's wrong according to the Word of God. And the Lord will reveal it to me and convict me of it. I won't never preach it again. But He said, if any man come to your house and bring not this doctrine what doctrine? the doctrine of Christ singular what Jesus preached the foundation of the church that was laid at the day of Pentecost the Holy Ghost that was poured out on the day of Pentecost Sister Pat was not just tongues it was not just people seeing flames of fire when God poured the Holy Ghost out on the day of Pentecost, those people in that upper room, they were not lay members of the church because the church hadn't been founded yet. They were people chosen for ministry. And the Lord told me that what Paul preached in 1 Corinthians 12 about the gifts, about the administrations, about the different offices and working of the Spirit of God, he said, that's what I poured out on the day of Pentecost. He said, I set in all these offices, all these gifts, all these... Uh, abilities he, because by the time that day was over they had added 3,000 to the church had been formed they had added 3,000 to the church so all these gifts and everything Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 12 
was put in the church. I don't care if you don't believe in speaking in tongues. That's not going to stop it. That's not going to stop it. The Bible says covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak in tongues. I believe I got that right. I'm fixing to go there and we'll find out. Well, Brother Metter, I don't believe in speaking in tongues. I don't care what you believe in. It ain't going to stop God from moving. It ain't going to stop it from happening. You choose not to believe it, that's your choice. But see, the gift of tongues is one of the foundational planks of the church that Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. It was put in the church on the day of Pentecost. You can't change the foundation. You can't change the gifts and the workings of the Spirit God put in the church on the day of Pentecost because when you start taking this out and that out and something else out that people don't like and don't believe in, you change the foundation. And when you change the foundation, you change the belief. And I'm not looking to change beliefs. I know in whom I believe. I know in whom I believe. God's fixing to fight for the true faith. You mark my words. God's going to fight for the true faith. Because this division is what's got this country and the rest of the world in a mess. Y'all, I don't know how much y'all know about Bible history or church history, but you look at the mess Europe's in right now. Asia, all over there. Did you know there was great revivals over there? I mean, Paul had great revivals over there. All down through history, there's been revivals over there. John Hyde had a great revival in India. Evan Roberts had a great revival in Wales, somewhere between the, I think, the late 1800s. And I think uh, I read a book one time, said in 1927, the Spirit of God was poured out all over the world in every nation. And there was people serving God and serving God fervently. And now look at the message in. You know why? It got divided up. You divide something, you weaken it, you dilute it, you pollute it. And the doctrine of Christ has been divided, it's been polluted, it's been weakened, it's been watered down. And people go around now looking for a church they can feel comfortable in. They try churches out like they try cars out. They want a church they can feel comfortable in. I want a church going to preach me the Word of God. If it tears my hide up and walks on my toes all the way up to my kneecaps and I need the Spirit of God to correct me, let it correct me. But I don't want to sit somewhere in a church and let the preacher rock me to sleep. I want something to feed my soul. I want something to, to, to get a hold of what's inside of here and bring conviction. If I'm doing wrong, I want it preached. I, if the Spirit of God shows that preacher I'm not living right or there's something lacking in my soul or there's something needs to be preached to help me to grow, I want it preached. I want to know God cares about me. I don't want somebody to rock me to sleep. The Bible said, Woe unto those that are at ease in Zion. I'm not looking to be at ease in Zion. I'm not looking for another doctrine. I'm not looking for another gospel. I want the doctrine of Christ. I want the truth. Amen. I believe it's 1 Thessalonians. Man, I appreciate the Lord today. Say, Brother, you ain't going to gain no friends preaching like that. I'm not in this for friends, I'm in this for souls. 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's go to verse 16. 
Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. And abstain from all appearance of evil. Let me see. I think what I'm looking for is in 1 Corinthians 14. Let me see if I can find it. I've got a lot of Scripture marked here. Yeah, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14 and 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, Paul said, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. When God set the church up at the day of Pentecost, He didn't mean for it to be changed. He meant for it to stay just like that foundation to stay. He meant for it to grow and mature, but He didn't mean for it to be changed. And there's not but one faith. There's not but one Lord. There's not but one baptism. And there's not but one God. Amen. And it's time to declare the true and the living God. It's time to declare the name of Jesus. Now I'm not talking about going out here and making a getting zealous and making a fool out of yourself. But if the opportunity arises, people start talking to you about the Lord, keep them on the straight and narrow. Don't go off in what you believe. Stay with the Word. I've given you Scripture. There's six pages of notes right there in Scripture for everything God put in my spirit. Same way with last week. There's six or seven pages of notes, things God put in my spirit in Scripture on that word of reconciliation. It's what the Lord told me. It was back in, I think, in uh, June of 2015. I was in the office praying about 5.30 that morning. And Lord just took me out and stood me on the edge of the universe and I've seen all these planets, everything out of time, wasn't nothing orbiting right. And as I prayed, I seen this, this huge explosion just blinded me and everything. Everything just smoked. Couldn't see nothing. When my vision cleared, all the planets was back in orbit. Back in time, moving like they're supposed to. And the Lord spoke. And he said, what I wrought in Christ when I raised him from the dead. He said, when man sinned, he said, everything got out of time, got out of order. He said, when Christ came, he said, he put everything back in time. He put everything back in order. And he said, it was not just a resurrection. He said, it was a reconciliation to show man the way back to the Father. I thank God today. Hallelujah. I thank God today. And I... And going to fight for this faith. I'm going to fight for this faith. Amen. I'm going to fight for this faith. Like I said, I'm not going to go out here and just pick it all because this this will stir things up. This will stir things up. I'm not looking to stir things up, but I'm not going to back away from the truth either. I'm not going to go out and just. But when people start talking to me about the Lord, 
They're going to know about the true and the living God. They're going to, go, they're going to know about Jesus. They're going to know there's one faith. They're going to know there's one Lord. They're going to know there's one baptism. They're going to know there's one doctrine of Christ. People will fight you over miracles. They'll fight you over healing. They'll tell you, well, God don't do them things today. Really? Show me somewhere in the Scripture where God quit doing miracles. I can't find it. 1 Corinthians 12 and 28, For God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healing that God set in the church. Now if He set them in the church then, why ain't they set in the church now? Did He not say, I'm the Lord thy God and I change not? Okay. If He set them in the church in the beginning, they ought to be in the church now. They ought to be holy apostles like Peter and Paul. They ought to be holy prophets like Elijah and Moses and Elisha. We don't see it today. But hang on. Tie not in the end of the rope and hang on because it's on its way back. It's on its way back. The move of God that happened at the day of Pentecost will be restored and then God will take us beyond it. He'll take us beyond it. That's the reason I know souls are coming in. Why do you think I keep coming up here week after week? Why do you think me and my wife drive up here two and a half, sometimes three hours and two and a half and three hours home because I believe what God told me. I believe what God told me about Ella J. You're not going to make me doubt what God spoke to me about Ella J. You're not going to make me doubt the move of God. You're not going to make me doubt that 2018 will be a, door, a year that the door will open to the Gentiles. God's done spoke it in my spirit. God's done put it in my heart. And we are bombarding the heavens every night in prayer. And something going to move. Something's going to move. And it's going to move according to God's Word. Because I know what He told me. In November the 12th, the night of November the 12th, we went and visited that little church up here in Blue Ridge. Come in, the pastor recognizes, sitting there, and people were giving prayer requests and stuff, and, and the Lord just took me out in the Spirit. Just took me out in the Spirit, and I saw people supposed to be serving God, and they were doing it to the best of their ability. I'm not criticizing, but I saw them hopeless. I saw them helpless. And I saw they couldn't believe that their prayers was ever going to be answered. And it's like I saw darkness all over God's people, just spiritual darkness. Because there's no power. You don't find very many churches got power and deliverance in them anymore. They got good entertainment. They got good worshiptainment. <laughs> I think that's what they call it now, worshiptainment. I'm not against praising God. I wish we had musicians here in the church that would sing under the anointing and worship God. And I believe at the right time, God will give them to us. But you know, we went through 15 years in Fort Payne. We didn't hardly have any musicians. Had some good singers. And we've had some good anointed song services down in Fort Payne, Alabama. I mean good ones. So you can feel the Spirit of God just shake things. And then some of them's brought people to the altar. But I ain't looking for entertainment. I want somebody up here just because they can sing good. I got a daughter-in-law sing, man, you think she's professional. She's singing at church where they're going to church now. And man, I mean, she, she just about brought people to tears. 
because there's anointing and a gift on her life. And I ministered to her when she was just a young girl. I laid hands on her, and uh, I think she, I don't know, she's nine, ten years old, and got baptized her in the Holy Ghost. She started speaking in tongues right there. I mean, God just, the Holy Ghost just fell on her. First time I'd ever seen her. She come to church over where her grandma went, and I looked at her and said, Young lady, I don't know who you are. I said, But God's got a purpose for you. He's going to use you. And I said, Right now, He's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And boom, it just hit her. And I told her four or five years ago, I said, God's going to take that voice. He's going to use it, and God's going to anoint you. And I said, the Spirit of God in your singing is going to bring people to the altar, and they're going to come repent because God's going to use that gift. He put that gift in you. Music has its place. Amen. Music has its place. But right up there in that little church in Blue Ridge, on November the 12th, 2017, the voice of the Lord spoke to me. And he gave me the Scripture over in Matthew, the fourth chapter, where it says, They that sit in uh, the land of Nebulun and Zephthalus sit in the uh, something like the, the, the region, the shadow of death. He said, But they saw great light, for great light has sprung up. And then he took me to Isaiah, I believe it's 61, and says, Arise and shine, for thy light has come. He said, Darkness has covered the earth, gross darkness of people, but it's time for my people to arise and shine. And the Lord spoke to me right there, and he said, A new move has begun in my spirit he didn't say it was coming he said it started he said something has already begun I don't get in a hurry I am patient because God don't get in a hurry see we want God to move on our timetable God don't have God don't worry about our timetable he moves on his timetable did y'all realize that? did y'all realize when the angels came and told the shepherds behold I bring unto you good tidings that there is born unto you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Do y'all realize when they said that, it was 30 years before Jesus preached his first message. We don't want to think about things like that. 30 years before Jesus ever got baptized, preached his first message. 30 plus years before he ever had his first miracle but they said behold I bring you good tidings of great joy there is born unto you this day in the city of David a, Christ, uh, a savior which is Christ the Lord but yet it was 30 years before anything ever happened 27, 28 years thereabout before John the Baptist ever come preaching so see you can't get in a hurry God's got a season God's got a time God's got a purpose and the word of God ain't fulfilled until it's God's season Till it's God's season and God's time and God's purpose, word of God won't get fulfilled. Abraham was 75, God told him. Abraham said, Well, what am I going to do with all this you blessed me with? I don't even have a I don't even have an heir. I got a servant. I'm gonna have to give all this to when I die. God said, No. He said, You're gonna have a son. You're gonna have a son. So he tried 12, 13 years, and nothing happened with Sarah. So then he went into Hagar and raised up Ishmael, and that ain't what God said. So it was 25 years from the time God spoke to Abraham till he conceived and Isaac came forth. God don't get in a hurry. God don't get on our timetable. God don't get on our timetable. Do I know God's going to move up here? Yes, sir. Can I tell you exactly when? No, sir, I cannot. But I know the promises of God for Elijah and Cardiacay and what God said he was going to do up here. And I believe God. You remember that Sunday, Spirit of the Lord hit me, and God said He's going to put L.J. and Carter K. on the map. And we felt just like a, 
a wave of electricity go across this church, and the power of God was so strong. Most uh, Several people in here started weeping. Y'all remember that? God said he's going to do it. Do I know when God's going to do it? No, but I know he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. I know God's promised. And it said, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but believed that he that had promised was able also to perform it. I believe what God said. I believe what God said right here about the latter rains of the Holy Ghost. I believe there's a great visitation of the Spirit of God. In, and we're in the last days. I truly believe that. We're in the last days. There's a great visitation of the Holy Ghost. It's going to go beyond Pentecost because Pentecost was the former rain. There's got to be a move of the latter rain because the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Well, Brother Metter, the Lord, the, the, we know the Lord can come just any minute. Then what are you raising that $40 million bill that new church for? <laughs> people say things, they don't even believe what they say. Because there's people right now that call themselves Christians, they don't believe the Lord's going to come in their lifetime. I don't know when He's going to come. I don't know when He's going to come. All I can tell you is we're moving into the last days. Well, Brother Matter, I've been hearing that for 50, 60 years. Yeah, we're that much more closer to it now than we were then. You can't put God on our timetable. You can't put God's Word in the work in a God's Spirit in, in a carnal mind. You can't do it. It won't work. God's God. He's eternal. Amen. Bible says one day with the Lord is a thousand is is as a thousand years to us. So in in God's sight, it ain't been much more than two days since Jesus hung on the cross. You ever stop and think about that? Been two thousand plus years, and in God's sight, that's only like two days. To us, that's only like two days. So see, God's eternal. He don't worry about time. There's a predestined, foreordained time that God's going to move. And nothing's going to happen that God wants to happen until it's His time. When He come visited Abraham just before Isaac was born, He, he sat down with him in the form of three men. And He, and he told him, He said, at the, at the time appointed next year, He said, Sarah will conceive and bear that son I told you about 25 years ago. So let's be patient. Amen. Let's be patient and take God at His word. And believe what God's spoken. Believe what He's spoken. God's told me some great things He's going to do. And I ain't no hurry to leave here. I'm going to tell you all this and then we're going to dismiss. But this is back in about 97. Had a tent up in a little town called Hammondville, Alabama. And I had my Whenever I do tent revivals, I have a travel trailer that I put beside the tent. That's where I stayed because I spent most of my nights in prayer, days in study and prayer, seeking God for God to touch folks' lives. Had a preacher come by the tent one day, and he started talking to me about the Lord, and I just let him talk. And he said, well, I believe the Lord can come any minute. I said, I don't. He looked at me and said, what? I said, I don't. I said, too many souls out there that ain't saved. Too many people never heard the name of Jesus. I ain't looking for the Lord to come. He said, you ain't looking for the Lord to come? I said, not any minute. I said, too much of the Word ain't been fulfilled. 
He said, well, if the Lord did come, what would you say? I said, leave me here. I've got a work to do. He, he walked off shaking his head just pat, and he said, you one crazy preacher. <laughs> he said, you'd honestly ask the Lord to leave you here? I said, yes, I would, because I don't believe that the call God put on my life is fulfilled. I believe there's things yet to do. Amen. Y'all appreciate the word today. Let's raise our hands and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word. I thank you for the working of your spirit. God, you let this word find good ground. You let it go down into people's spirits and hearts. You let it take root downward that it can spring forth upward, God, and bring forth fruit. We give you honor and praise for your name, for your stripes, for your blood, for the body, God, that you sacrificed that we might have salvation and that way was made back to the Father. Let everything that's done here today be for your honor and your glory in the name of Jesus. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody need prayer? Anybody? Okay. I appreciate the Lord today because I know that there's people divided the word and ain't living clean and ain't living right and I had a minister I guess it was last night called me said brother Metter I've got a problem said I'm trying to work with people they're young and they started a church and said they got one person committing adultery got a young lady pregnant I said out of wedlock she said yeah and she said they're letting them get up and be worship leaders I said can't do that got to be a standard set got to be a standard set there's got to be a standard amen and I said Paul plainly said he said I wrote to you before about a brother uh, about fornicators he said but if there's a brother that's a fornicator he said you don't keep company with him you don't sit down and eat a meal so how are you going to let him be a worship leader he said well it's the it's the pastor. Some of them's his kids. I said, I don't care. I said, if he ain't got the backbone to be a pastor, he needs to step down. I said, because you can't let that kind of stuff be in your pulpit. And it's supposed to be setting examples. I said, ministry's held to a higher standard. If you're going to get up to me, and I know I don't preach in pulpit much, I just, but that's a holy place. That's a place that's sanctified, and you ought to respect it. If you ain't going to keep sin out of your life, you don't need to get up there. Amen. You don't need to get up there. If you won't go out here and live like the devil and fornicate and do all these things, stay out of the ministry and stay out of the pulpit. Because somewhere God's going to judge the church. God, God can't go out here and expect sinners to live right when the church ain't living right. Everybody wants God to go out here and judge sin out in the world. But he said judgment begins... The house of God first. And this day God's gonna clean the church up because this day God's gonna He gonna save sinners. Amen. He gonna save sinners. And I appreciate the Lord today. And I'm gonna nobody needs prayer. I'm gonna go ahead and receive the offering. And I'm gonna ask y'all to do your very best. We got obligations coming up this week. We need to take care of. So, and I've been praying about the radio broadcast. And if we don't start getting some response. On the radio broadcast, I mean, I told my wife, I said, 
I want people to hear it. I said, but I want to reach some sinners too. When they say this thing go, I, I don't know. I can't remember. Seven, eight, nine, ten counties. So a lot of people are hearing. But I'm not getting a lot of response. We got a few people that are supporting it and helping support it every now and then. But I just want somebody to write me and tell me, God's touching my life. God's changing me. God's healing me. God, you know, I want to know that it's reaching folks. Because if it's not going to do any good, there ain't no sense of spending money on it every month. Amen. Will you honor the Lord and stand? Come bring you tithe. If you got tithe, put it over here. If you got an offering you want to help me and my wife with, put it over here in the pastor's bucket. But come do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And I appreciate the Lord today. Hallelujah. I tell you, God is so good. And I know God's fixing to deal with all this division. He's fixing to deal with it, and He's going to bring forth the people that are going to walk up right before Him. And if God can't pull people together, He can always raise up a new people. He did with the, he did with the Gentiles when the Jews didn't receive Jesus. He still gave them a chance after the day of Pentecost. They still preached to them. Some of them believed. A lot of them didn't. The Lord went to the Gentiles. The Lord went to the Gentiles and raised Him up a people. Is everybody done? What you going to do? Appreciate the Lord today. All right, I'm fixing to pray over the offering if everybody's obeyed the Lord. All right, let's go to prayer. Father, we ask you, Lord, to take this offering. God, give us the wisdom, the understanding, the ability to use it for your glory. God, to place it where it will do the most good. God, and have the best return for your kingdom and for your name, Jesus, to be revealed and magnified. I thank you, Lord, for the people here. I know we got people that couldn't be here today, Lord. But, God, I thank you for the few that we do have that's hungry for the truth. And I give you honor and praise and glory in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And all I'm going to say is to be continued. God bless you. Y'all dismissed. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs>